Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 5, Episode 51 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we conclude this week's study of our Come Follow Me materials, looking in the book in the chapters of Matthew chapter 6 and chapter 7 in the week of February the 20th to February the 26th. And today uh, we're going to finish off Matthew chapter 7 uh, and conclude this week's study. So uh, we... I wanted to pick up from verse 21, uh, and it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, this is obviously a very um, specific verse uh, that could be used to describe the importance of our acts, the things that we do, um, which is interesting because Jesus was living in a time where uh, groups such as the Pharisees were very focused on the things that they did, the acts that they were doing, and Jesus often rebuked them for that. However, here he reminds his disciples that doing his the will of his Father is still an important part of his gospel, uh, and it is one which um, you know we today as Christians need to take note of as well. That we can talk about God, we can talk about our belief in Him as much as we want, but He says Himself. Uh, we need to obviously have both uh, this this idea that we have faith in Christ, that he alone can be can save us and that only through his atonement is any of this possible. Uh, but also recognize that he has asked us to follow his gospel, that he has asked us to be a disciple and follow him. And that is following him in his example in the way that he lived. Uh, and that is an important part of entering the kingdom of heaven. So. Um, I think that's an important point that this verse makes is this kind of reminder of, yes, the faith is important, but also there are things we need to do. Of course, those things can never match up to what the Saviour does for us. And of course, you know, it's only really by doing those things that we can ultimately, and this is where the idea of salvation and uh, is important between how we define salvation, to receive what the Father has, we need to become like him. And this is where the doing part comes in. We aren't going to become like the Father by the end of this life. It's going to take a long, long time. But acting and doing is an important part of becoming uh, as well as believing and knowing. So uh, I think that's you know such an important reminder that, yes, we can be saved and sanctified by the Saviour with very little work from our part. But what the work we do is, is to help us become what the, what, what the Saviour wants us to become. Um President Russell M. Nelson taught, quote, The Saviour and his servants do not speak words of complacency, but teach what people need to know. Through the ages, history attests that contemporary critics have pressed church leaders to modify a decree of the Lord. But such is eternal law, and it cannot be altered. Not even for his beloved son could God change the law that required the atonement. Divine doctrines cannot be squeezed into compact moulds to make them fit fashionable patterns for the day, nor can they be fully expressed on a bumper sticker, close quote. I love that point about how God himself couldn't change divine law to mean that the atonement wasn't necessary for and that his son had to go through it. Um, it's a it's a fascinating concept and one which obviously when you kind of sit and think deeply about it long enough kind of you know makes you makes you go very deep down a rabbit hole about well how does this work and how does that work and what laws exactly is God held to and where do those laws come from and all this kind of thing but it is for us in our kind of mortal minds, the points that we need to understand is that God provided a way to be able to make sure that justice and mercy were both equally satisfied. And it is through the Saviour that that is possible. Only through the Saviour is that possible. And then he has asked us to 
to become more, to become better, to follow him. Uh, and I think that um, that for us is what we need to take away from that. Um, and then in verse 22, it continues and says about how, you know, some individuals have prophesied in his name and cast out devils. But then in verse 23, he says, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Presumably here, he is speaking to individuals who perhaps do the right things, but are not fully converted or perhaps um, do not do them for the right purpose or the right um, intention. Uh, and what's interesting here is I made a specific note to look at the, the Joseph Smith translation uh, of this verse because it sounds like he is casting them away. But actually, it says in the Joseph Smith version, and then will I say, ye never knew me, um, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So not that he doesn't know us, he knows all of us perfectly, but rather we have not known him. We have not come to know him ourselves, and so we cannot enter into that kingdom. So I just thought it was an interesting uh, note there from the Joseph Smith translation. Uh, and then we have to kind of conclude this, although I want to kind of make a note of the response to this teaching. Um we have the analogy of the wise man and the foolish man. Uh, and there's not really much to kind of dig into in terms of what I want to pick out from this because it's a very straightforward analogy. Um, we have a wise man and a foolish man. The wise man built his house upon a rock. The foolish man builds it upon the sand. Interesting to note that both had rainfall on them. So it wasn't that the wise man built in a place where he never had to experience any storms or rain. Um, you know, they both had to go through that rain and storm uh, environment, which we all do in this life, no matter what we do. But of course, one stood firm and the other fell down. And uh, note how in verse 27, and great was the fall of it, it says, for the man that built on the on the stand, the foolish man. Um, we've kind of had this. And this, um, and this is important for us to remember as we build upon the rock, which for us is Christ, that we can stand firm and strong in, in the storms of life and pass through them uh, complete and whole. And if we don't, uh, if we kind of focus on our own pride and build it by ourselves on the sand, then that will fall uh, ultimately. Um, then in verse 28 and 29, uh, we have a response from the people. It doesn't say um, specifically, although in the Joseph Smith translation, it does say the disciples specifically. Um, but these people that were listening to this sermon in verse 28, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. The things that we've listened to in the past couple of weeks over Matthew chapter six and chapter seven, and indeed Matthew chapter five, these are things which, you know, living in today's world, which, you know, if you're listening in places like the UK, where I'm from, or in, in, the, in America, or you know, places where it is technically termed a Christian uh, country or where, um, although actually <laughs> I was about to say that the, the common or the the most uh, followed religion is Christianity. Actually, like, I, I can't use the word majority in the UK anymore as the census recently showed that it is now not, it's below 50% now, uh, Christianity. However, um, you, you get my point that people today know more about Christ than they did when Christ first taught um, in the world, let's say. And the, his teachings are very well known as well. At this time, when he began his teaching, this was brand new. This was stuff that was never before heard. And they were astonished by the things that he said, that, you know, someone had to 
turn the other cheek, that someone had to um, not only not commit murder, but also not be angry with his brother, um, that um, committing adultery, they, they shouldn't just commit adultery, not <laughs> they shouldn't just not commit adultery, but also that they shouldn't think about or, you know, even have those thoughts or try and put those thoughts on their mind when they do come. Um, it's a, it's a, it's again, for us, not very new, but for them, this was a huge shift in the paradigm of their belief uh, and they were astonished by it, um, which just reminds us again, just how Jesus was not just in any other prophet. He came to fulfill the law and he had brought the gospel restored or the fuller extent of the gospel to the earth with him. Because, of course, they, the original Israelites who followed Moses had the opportunity to receive this law, but they were not ready for it. Uh, and so how blessed are we today to not only have that gospel again with us today, but also to have living day modern prophets and apostles who can help us with applying those principles and laws to the context of our very changing world today. I mean, the world has changed completely in the time when I've been alive, never mind in thousands of years since Christ taught these things. So it's, um, you know, just a wonderful blessing that we have. But do we take the most of it? Do we make the most of it? Do we study it? Do we apply them? And do we reflect on how we are living these things on a daily basis? Hopefully we can recommit ourselves to do so from these last two weeks of study. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, and please join us next week as we move on to the next uh, study or, or section of study. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.